Last week, I talked about limiting self-beliefs and how those can impact what we attract into our lives. I shared how I started my year of learning how to fall in love with a reflection exercise and checking out a series of workshops from something called To Be Magnetic that taught me how what I manifest into my life is rooted in my belief about myself and my own worth and deservingness. I won't lie, I thought this journey might have started off a bit more fun, but learning that the way I felt about myself and my own deservingness was likely holding me back from the love and happiness that I wanted was kind of heavy. And part two of this reflection phase was a trip to visit the ghosts of my relational past, which I'm sure will be much lighter. I'm Riley, and you're listening to Everything But Love, a story about the year I spent falling in love or trying to figure out how. Listen in on the uncomfortable questions I ask myself and others about what it means to be truly ready for love and at peace in its pursuit. Before I dove into this relationship retrospective, I bought a little experimental spiritual enhancement for my inner work. No, not drugs. This thing called a flower remedy. Now I have no idea how these things work, but one of my favorite marketing catchphrases that I read was, it's like the original microdosing, but of flowers instead of mushrooms. I was clearly settling into my West Coast lifestyle. So this flower remedy that I picked up was called In Love, and it was made by Alexis Smart. It was too perfect not to try. The supposed benefits of this little potion was that it helps with attracting healthy relationships, breaking old patterns, trust, self-love, wisdom in love, and heart bliss. So great. I don't have to do much, just drops of this flower water under my tongue, and it's going to nudge me where I need to go in this journey. Let's be clear, I did not expect water infused with flowers to do much of anything, but I'm an experimenter through and through, and I'd read enough testimonials where I figured even a placebo is an effect. So let's see what this thing can do. Now, at the same time, I was working on an exercise where I was asked to write out a timeline of every key romantic partner from my first crush to latest flings and serious relationships. Then I had to look for themes and through lines between them to understand if I had any patterns in my partnerships. This part was actually fun. Positive memories and funny stories for the most part. And this also turned out to be my favorite question to ask other people. Can you remember your first crush? I was in grade six and I was at a summer camp and it was uh, Circle Square Ranch where you did like BMX and rode horses and archery games like capture the flag, caught snakes, put them in pails and whipped them around. And there's Bible camp, of course. So we sang some good gospel. Ooh, ah, sack it to the devil. Ooh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and yeah, there was this girl. She was, she was cool. And at the end of the camp, there was a rancher of the week. And then I ended up getting rancher of the week. And she got rancher of the week. So like, holy shit. And so I wrote her a letter and told her I had a crush on her. And then, uh, yeah, we both got rancher of the week. So when our parents came to pick us up, we got to like ride out on a horse. And, <laughs> no way. And be all cool. And so that was my first. Ranch royalty. Crush couple of rashes of the week. There was this kid in my daycare named Luke, and I would always just gravitate towards where he was. I remember one time he cried because he ate coleslaw and he didn't like it. And for some reason, I felt so bad for him, but I also always wanted to be around him. So I think that's a crush when you're that. Yeah, that was my first crush. 
my grandpa had given me a Swiss army knife, like a really nice one. And I had a crush on this girl at the playground. And then one day, like I packaged up my Swiss army knife and I like gifted it to her. And I can't believe I did that. But that was my first like crush. I gave away my Swiss army knife. And it was just like, nothing ever came of that relationship. <laughs> Whatever her name is, I totally forget. So it was kind of a waste. <laughs> what, was, uh, what was your first crush? This blonde haired, blue eyed, like cutest boy in my class. And she reminded me of like a Disney little prince. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, all the conditioning really worked on me. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember my best friend going up and telling her that I had a crush on him. And she told me, Well, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess I don't have a crush on him then. That's how that works. And so, yeah, that started my string of crushes from afar. So starting there, I wrote them all down. Then I stepped back to see what they all had in common. At first glance, the only thing that I could see that they all had in common, honestly, was that they were very attractive. It's just true. And the reason that stuck out so much was because personality-wise, other than that, they had very little in common with each other. I wasn't really sure what this exercise was going to tell me. But then, after a while, I started to see a few other things. There were a number of people on this list that I had met traveling and kept in touch with long distance. I mean, I even had a pen pal on this list, who is great in case he's listening. Despite being fun and exciting and typically great stories to tell, all of those experiences had one thing in common, unavailability. In this case, geographically. But ultimately, it was a barrier to getting too close. And what about the ones who weren't? Well, those I could group into a category of quickly dismissed or painfully attached. I read somewhere, probably on Pinterest, something like, people either tend to dwell too much on the past or worry too much about the future. I know that my best friend is a dweller. She likes sad music, and sometimes she says she just lets herself you know, relive things. And that sounds like torture to me. I am definitely a future gal. I get the ick about myself when I think about old versions of me. I would much rather daydream about who I'm going to be rather than who I was. But that love remedy was in cahoots with this workshop and we went down memory lane. I started having a full Christmas carol experience. Everyone seems to react differently when they take these flower essences but I've done a few now and mine always start in my dreams. I love dreaming. Mine are vivid and creative and they have the makings of a psychedelic reality show. When I started this bottle, one week in, each night, I started reliving another chapter of my entire love life from start to finish. I'm not kidding. The dream started with a boy I'd liked but never admitted all through elementary school. And in my dream, everyone knew that I did, and he knew, but he also knew I was embarrassed to say so. And I remember this boy. I felt like he would never leave where I grew up, and I didn't want to be like that. So even though I liked him, I never said so. In fact, I was probably dismissive and borderline mean if anyone even suggested that I did. So in the dream, I apologized for pretending that I didn't care, because I really did. And he forgave me. On another night, I revisited the home of a past boyfriend and I felt afraid and sad because he was dating someone new 
and I didn't belong there anymore. But he was patient with me and understanding that it was hard for me to be there and face that. It was profound, but it was also so cool. I was processing all of these memories and having these really beautiful healing experiences in my dreams. But I was also exhausted because I was very busy every night. That's where I'd like to leave this one. Just acknowledging that the self-work and analyzing yourself is not something to be taken lightly. I can be a little intense and push myself beyond comfort at times. It's helpful in a lot of ways, but it would take me a while and a few hard lessons that I'll share on in the coming weeks to realize that we need to take these things slow and give ourselves a lot of grace. That's what I wish I could have said to this version of myself anyways. Go slow and let go of the idea that you're going to figure your life out at the end of a workshop or this New Year's resolution. That doesn't happen. But it takes us really cool places. And that's what you want your life to be about. So keep going. This is my first podcast and creative project. So if you want to follow along and hear some behind the scenes details on what's gone into creating this, you can join my Substack, where I'll send out an email with each episode. If you'd like to send me your own love note, you can find me on Instagram. And of course, the old leave a review and subscribe feels like a virtual hug. So if you're in the mood to spread some love, do that. I'm Riley, and you've been listening to Everything But Love. Till next time. I didn't ghost you. I was I was busy. Maybe, you, you know what, we're drunk. And maybe this is just a wave that's going to wash over. It's not. Cares. No. No, I just, I, I just love him the most. Is that because you're avoidant? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'd never been in love before. I think I love myself more than I can ever love anyone else. This is the guy. This is it. This is the If you're chasing someone, that means that they have to be running away. I've never felt like this about another human. It is terrifying. It is exciting. And I can't wait to see what happens next.